0: Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording from our 2021 Passover prep learning series.
1: I'm really excited about this class, mostly because... Two of the people who are going to be teaching the class are my parents, so I grew up with the Seder that they're about to tell you about, and because I just think the world of Dr. Rothblum as both an educator and a friend, and so to be able to have all three of these wonderful people here to teach us about creating innovative saders is fantastic, and I hope that you gain a lot from them, but also have a great time watching them teach and watching them share their creativity. Um, Many of the things that we're going to share tonight are, I was going to say today, but it is very much so tonight, um, are things that you can use really at any seder. So some of them might seem in presentation to be for younger children or for children of any age. But really the beauty of Passover is that it's about asking questions at all ages. And so some of the gimmicks, I'll call them, or resources that we're going to give you can be used with adults as well, even if they might seem gimmicky or or for children. Uh, we're going to do this kind of in shift. So I'm just going to explain to you how it's going to go. And those of you who are listening to the podcast later on um, will have the resources in the same place you found the podcast. We are going to share some ideas that we have as educators, and then we are going to share the resources that we've come up with over the years in a Google document that you can print out, you can click on links, you can open up oriental trading sites, you can do all of those fun things in preparation of your own Seder. And then we're going to open it up to you um, to ask us questions about creative things that you might want to try out or might be thinking of, or just questions of how to engage people of whatever age will be at your Seder. And so the end part of this, or I guess the last kind of third part, I was never very good at math. The last big chunk of this class will be Q&A. So if you have questions or burning ideas, write them down, we'll get to them. Um, and we would love to hear your ideas because then hopefully we can also add to our, um, our vault of creative uh, options for the Seder. So I'm gonna turn it over to my parents, Dale and Tracy Schatz and uh, i don't know which one of them is going first but i'll turn it over to that household
2: (laughs) all right once we have gone through some of the things that tracy might tell you about that happened before we start the seder, when we've decided to start the seder, the first thing we do is we sort of frame what's coming and we use a singable version of a list of the things in the service order very often this is referred to as Kadesh ur And if you look up Kadesh ur anywhere, you'll find a whole different way, a, a, a wide variety of singy versions of it. And we use that in this particular way. First, I want you to sing it with me, and then um, we'll show you what we do with it. Kadesh Ur-Chatz, Yachatz, Magi rochza, motzi matza, maror korech, shulchan obech, tzapun baref halech. The sheet you're looking at shows at the top of the page the particular song version that I just sang, and then it has the list of the 14 things. We don't actually give this to people. We have a much um, impressive and large graphic thing that represents these things the way we want it to be done. But here's how we use it. We um, first of all I might teach hand motions. So Rebecca, come back to me. I like the screen, and let me just show the hand motions. So. First of all, what I do is I say to everybody, all right, show me your Kiddush cup. Very good. Kadesh. And then show me washing your hands with a special pitcher, pouring the water over your fingers. And even when I do this with adults, I realize that it helps sort of internalize the activities we're going to do. These are activities that have blessings that go along with them. Kadesh. Urchatz. Karpas, Yachatz k- Magid Rochza Motzi Matza That's a piece of matzah, and I broke off a piece. All right. Maror oof, Korech ugh. And we've defined each of the things we're going to do. So now what we do is we start our Seder. And the first thing we do is we have Kiddush. We say the, uh, the festival Kiddush for Pesach. And after doing that, We're done. We put the cup down. And then we say to everybody, all right, let's sing again the order and include everything we've done so far. Here we go. Kadesh. And then we get to (laughs) Urchatz. And whatever our shtick is for setting up urchats, we wash our hands, somebody for the whole group or everybody participates. When we're done washing the hands, we say to everybody, all right, now from the beginning again, let's sing everything we've done so far. Kadesh urchatz. Very good. And then we have the salt water go around and the karpas, we say it with a blessing. We eat the karpas. Together sing with me everything we've done so far. Kadesh, Karpas. very good you see we're zipping right along and then we have the three matzahs we take them out of this fancy thing we separate the middle one we break it in half and if we're if we're lucky it didn't break in half and we hide the larger section and when we're done and that has no um that has no blessing when we're done doing that we say, all right, let's sing everything we've done so far. You, of course, you get the, the, you get what we're doing here. And then we sing. Kadesh <laughs> And then we get into Magid. And of course, the Magid is everything. The Magid is telling the story, singing the songs, the four children, the plagues. It's all there. And then it goes more rapidly after we get to the end of that. That's kind of our Kadesh. Or thing.
3: Okay, so to add to this, what I do is I give each person or each family a bag with something in it that can in some way relate to one of the parts of the Seder, one of the things that we just sang about. For example, in one of the bags I might put uh, baby wipes or hand sanitizer. Um, in another bag, maybe a puzzle uh, and another bag, maybe a bottle of hot sauce. Now, there's a list of these things in the Google Docs, so you can find it there. If you're doing the Seder over Zoom, then you could actually send a clue to your participants beforehand. You can say, okay, your clue is hot sauce. Now, what do we do with this? As we progress through the parts of the Seder, the 14 parts of the Seder, If a person feels that their item relates to that part of the Seder, they reveal what their clue is and they discuss how it relates. The interesting thing is people have all kinds of ideas about how their item actually does relate to the Seder. (laughs) And you get into some great discussions. This activity can be done with the smallest child and the most mature adult.
2: So for instance, if we were doing this and we got to well, where in the Seder do you think your clue if it were hot sauce, where would that go in the Seder? Um how would people answer that question, Rabbi Schatz? They
1: can they can raise their hand and I can Oh Jay. Jay knows. Jay knows all
2: the classes. Maror? Yeah, Maror, good for you.
3: Or maybe Shulchan Arach, if you like hot sauce on your brisket. <laughs> you never know. You just never know. Yeah. Okay, Dr. Rothblum.
4: <laughs> so we, you know, we're thinking about different parts of the Seder. And in the um, in the sheet that, that we're sharing, you know, you'll see different ideas for different parts of the Seder. Um, the part that I wanted to offer was... Commentary on Magid on telling the story, you know, and certainly you can. There are lots of things you can do. You can act it out. You can tell the story outright. Um, you can have the kids act it out. Make up one. One year we wrote it as a play that people had to act out. Um, but I, one of the things that has been most popular in our family is uh, gamifying Magid, and so I want to share with you two different game ideas. Um, one and and as rabbi shot said earlier all of them are good for all ages um one that is very popular is doing jupiter and you can have you know five different we we've done symbols of pesach people of the pesach story um you know parts of the story and um, you know, and obviously you make the questions at the $100 mark, the, one, the easier ones. We've, we do those so that our, you know, the three and four-year-olds who are participating can share. And then the $500 questions are, are a little bit trickier. Um, and so that is a fun board to have. And I'm happy to share questions if you need some ideas on uh, categories and questions. Another very popular game is to do headbands for those of you who know the game. So we print out pictures um, from the Pesach stories, again, symbols, people. People are a little bit tricky because you know there's not a lot to distinguish, let's say a picture of Moshe from a picture of Aaron, but you can get there. Um, and we make, um, we take sentence strip paper, or you can take long construction paper and make headbands. And so the picture goes on the headband. So for example, if I had a picture of, of let's put Pharaoh on, I could not see it, but everyone else around the table can see it. And so I have to ask questions to try to guess what is on my head. And again, you can really diverse, you know, differentiate for different age levels. Um, When we played this game last year, we gave, you know, Pharaoh to the four year old. Um, we gave Nachshon to the 11-year-old because she had learned about Nachshon in school. So you can really um, try to give the trickier ones to people who have studied the story easier ones for people who may need a little bit more support. Um, and really what I find, what we have found in our family is that by gamifying Magid, we get, we're able to talk about the story. We're able to talk about why we're there, but we're able to also keep everyone's interest um, Because when we've tried to just sort of go through the story or through the traditional Haggadah, by the time we get about a third of the way through, none of the children are at the table anymore. And that's sort of the point. So so we're big fans of making games.
1: Um, So I will share two very quickly. One is also during Magid. There, the four children is one of my favorite parts of the Passover story and Haggadah. Uh, and one year, actually, as an intern at Temple Beth Am, I came up with an activity that I've now used multiple times with mirrors. And my mom is showing you a mirror. Oh, you can all see yourself. That was so cool, Mom. Yeah, (laughs) you can all see the Zoom screen in the mirror. Um, So the idea is that every person would have a little mirror at their plate or in their bag that you get. And instead of talking about the four children as these hypothetical characters, being able to look at yourself, again, it's just a gimmick, you don't need to do it with an actual mirror. But be able to look at yourself and decide who it is that you reflect back in the mirror. And you can do this in partners. When I did it as an intern, I did it um, for adults in Chavruta, in partnership, where the person on the other side of the mirror, who is your partner in this activity, says who they think you are. And then you look in the mirror and you say who you see. So you can do it as an individual activity. You can do it as you just seen yourself, or you can do it in partners with the other people at your table. Intergenerational is great. And you can say to the person, this is the child who I see in you. The other piece that I love and um, might, might not be great for little, little, little kids, but is great for, for all ages, um, I would say like above second or third grade probably, um, is to actually do the Seder, not in order, And I know you're probably all thinking, but it's called a Seder, that means order. You're right, that's true. And we live in America, which means that we get two Seders. So maybe one night you do it in order, and the second night you do it in a different order. So you can put all the different pieces of the Seder in a basket. You can cut them up and put them in a basket with Velcro or something on them to put up on a board. And the reason this becomes interesting is because there are certain parts of the seder that need to be done in a specific order. You can't have shulchan orech before motzi matzah because you need to say hamotzi before you eat the meal. You can't wash your hands after dinner. You have to wash it before you eat the bread or matzah or cardboard, whatever. So the idea is to bring conversation to the table or in our house to the living room where people are sitting on the floor and have people discuss why certain parts of the Seder exist where they exist in your Haggadah. So this is a really exciting way to do it specifically for people who are interested in that kind of discussion around why and where and what. Um, but for example, you can do carpas at the end of your Seder and it's still completely fine because there's no blessing that needs to come, or I shouldn't say no blessing, there's no action that needs to come before it. Um, except for the washing of the hands, which needs to come before other things as well. So it's a fascinating way for adults to be able to engage uh, in making the Seder meaningful and, um, and your own your own order. So I put two things in the chat. I put the sheet that my dad referenced when he sang the order, which you're more than welcome to use. Uh, And I also put in the Google Doc that has all of these different ideas, which I would say we all contributed to, but really Tracy Schatz put in 99% of the work. So (laughs) she put together a really fantastic document of resources and ideas and, again, links to purchase certain things. Um, You're more than welcome to look through it now or pay attention now and look at it later, but I wanted you to know it's in the chat. Um, any final thoughts from our, quote, panelists, um, before we open it up for. I think the last thing
4: I'll mention, because we talked about it as a group a lot when we, uh, were preparing, but it didn't come up so much tonight is the, um, the work that goes into creating a space that invites conversation and engagement and, Tracy, I'll let you talk about your space. I just found, and I'm happy to, I'll share my screen. You know, last year, um, I really got my kids involved with setting up the table. So like you can see here, you know, like all the Lego, these are all the Israelites crossing. We, you know, this is the ocean. Um, I don't think I quite got, I think Ursula was Miriam. You know, the kids (laughs) did origami to make the pyramids. Here are all the plagues that they're leaving behind in Egypt. So like, I think that there are different ways to set up. I know the Schatz family does um, in the living room, on the floor. So just also to think about ways to make the environment feel like something people are entering into that will invite a different kind of experience.
2: And Dr. Rothblum, we also know, and this word hybrid is taken on a new meaning, that for some of us, our Seder will be a sort of hybrid experience in which we're going to have, you know, the few people in our house that we can have because they're sort of part of our safety pod that we've created over the year. Um, but there's a lot of people we won't have into our house because they're not part of that and that they will Zoom in to join us. People have regularly joined us over the years and thank goodness they're happy and um willing to do so, and including our kids who, who aren't living in town. Two of them are here, two of them are back east. But so we're going to create a sort of a hybrid setting, a setting that um, looks good for them on screen and is easy for them to see what's going on and allows them to feel um, as closely involved as they can be. But that is also um, inspiring for the you know the half dozen of us that are uh, in the house instead of the usual 45.
3: Uh, while Dr. Rothboom puts the picture back up, because Paula asked her to, and it is a ter- terrific picture. I'll just mention, we, we're throwing out a lot of ideas, and I'm sure you have lots and lots of ideas. Um, keep them, save them. You don't have to do lots of things at one seder. You have two satyrs so you can have two different, totally different types of experiences, or you can um, create one Seder and then, you know, maybe hone it the next night or one Seder be for younger, members and another be older members however you want to do it but just keep the ideas and continue to build and change it up so that it feels fun and refreshing after all we're telling the same story but we're not the same people and therefore the story feels and is different from year to year Um, we've you know never washed so much as this last year, so certainly those parts of the Seder have tremendous meaning that they may not have had prior to this. Anyhow, don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't make yourself crazy. Just have a really good time so that it feels fun. The
1: the one thing I will, and then we'll open it up to questions after after I share this, we haven't spoken about food yet, and I feel like that's a huge part of The seder, and it's also a really big way of getting people, like Dr. Rothblum was saying, to the table, right? Whatever the table means for you, but getting getting kids to stay at the table, getting adults to stay at the table, and to not to not make them feel like you are belaboring something before they finally get to eat. So one of my favorite things I actually learned with my grandparents, who are also on this call, um, when I was living in Israel. Was that one of the ways that you can do carpas is with anything that goes under the category of saying, Bore peri ha'adama? So anything that comes from the ground can become carpas. And you can have a very big smorgasbord of food on your table. At the way beginning, and you can have fun dips, and you can do like a fondue type situation. Right, there are so many foods that go under that category, like potatoes that you can make into French fries, and bananas that you can make into dipping into peanut butter if you eat peanut butter on Passover, and, or chocolate, which everyone should eat on Passover, uh, carrots, cucumbers, right? All of these things. That kids and adults will be very grateful to be eating before they actually get to the meal portion of their um, of the evening, and and it'll keep them at the table, and it'll also be fun, and you can use that as a centerpiece also because it's one of the first things that we get to uh, in our in our seder.
2: So because you said bananas, in case people don't know, bananas, the blessing for bananas, for some reason, is bore paria adama, even though the banana is seen above ground. Is there an easy tell of the reason, Rebecca?
1: Um, It's just because I think it has to do with the growth of how they come out of the ground. I actually have absolutely (laughs) no clue, but I can look it up and tell you that I have an idea. I just know that's the blessing and it's a good thing to have on the table. (laughs) <laughs> um, okay, Henry, you have a question. So anybody who has questions or comments or um, ideas you want to share with us, just raise your hand and we'll call on you. Yeah, Henry.
2: So the uh, answer about banana is that it, it's not like a real tree. It actually grows more like a, um, it's like, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but it's it's not considered a real tree in the same way that a uh, an apple tree is as a tree. So it just, it's treated as if it comes out of the ground. <laughs>
1: Thank you. I, knew, I knew someone would know. This is why you work at Temple Beth Am. So you don't need to have all the answers because your congregants do. Okay, Bhatia. Okay.
5: Um, I just wanted to share a couple of ideas that I've yeah. done over the years. My kids are now grown, but when they were little, I did a lot to engage them. I went to a thrift shop and I found a very colorful striped sheet or sheets. And I cut them up and made them into um head scarves like the Israelites would wear. I got went to the 99 cent store and I got these um gold hair hair headbands. And so we draped them over the we had the cloth and then we draped them up around. So everybody wore those and we were the Israelites dressed up. <laughs> I also got a pharaoh hat at Disneyland in the um um, there's a ride for, um, I'm, I'm blanking out, but Aladdin. England, what is it? Aladdin. No, it wasn't Aladdin. Mm. It was, um, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Thank you. It's it did me in the gift shop there. They had a Pharaoh hat. So somebody wears that. And that was a lot of fun. And also I'm going to share my screen because I made these, um, oops, that's the wrong screen.
1: You, uh, um, I don't know that you'll be able... Let me see if I can give you...
5: Okay. I think this. I can. Hold on. Oh,
1: great.
5: Nope. Can't do it. Anyway, okay. I made these cards. I printed out one, um, and I la- laminated them. And they have silly questions like, why do we eat gefilte fish on Pesach? And the answer, because it's delicious. Uh, why do Jewish people clean out their homes for Pesach? Because they're out of their minds. That's why. <laughs> Jewish? No. You know, I made these. Some of them were more factual. How many times in the Haggadah is the number four used? Or how many, what's the average amount of matzah per person um, consumed in a year in the Jewish community? And I found all this stuff online. And so I made these cards and I laminated them. And one goes under everybody's salad plate. And so every once in a while, I'll say, you know, Moishi, let's hear your card. And if somebody gets it right, um, they get a candy. So that was just another thing to keep everybody engaged.
1: Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Yeah. And if mm-hmm. you want, Batya, you can um, you can send me, if you want to share it, you can send yeah. me the link and I'll add it to the podcast. That's oh,
5: awesome. I'll do it right now.
1: Awesome.
5: Oh, how do I do that? It's a, it's a word file.
1: Just send it to me in an email. Just attach it. Okay.
5: Afterwards or now?
1: Whatever you want. Okay. Totally up to you.
5: I'll send it to you afterwards. Thank you. Yeah.
1: It's, a, it's just, you know, to make it fun. Yeah, it's great. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts or questions or ideas that people have? Yeah, Joel.
2: I, I was confused about your idea of... Uh, changing the order
0: of the Seder, because then you said, but certain things have to be in certain order. So how did you reconcile the two?
1: Yeah. So the way that we did it, thank you for asking that, the way that we did it was we would pull something out of the basket and it would say mozi Matza," And we would decide, could we do mozi at that point in the Seder, right? If it was the first thing up happening that evening? The answer is no, because you have to do kiddush before you can eat the matzah. So it would go back in the basket and we would pull out the next thing. And if it wasn't kiddush and we were still at the beginning, then we would say why and go to the next thing. If mozi matzah, you know, let's say we had done... Uh, three things and one of them obviously was kiddush, and we got to we pulled out mozi at that point then of course you can do it then because as long as you've done kiddush, you can start eating bread whenever you want so at that point you can do mozi matza and then after that you can do karpas for example and you don't have to go straight from mozi matza until shulchan oret so it's a really it's a really nice way of especially having people who have either spent lots of sedarim talking about the different elements and what goes into them, or even for like my sixth graders right now are learning about the Haggadah and what parts go where, and they, not today, but in in a week, will be able to answer hopefully for you where things are supposed to go and why. So you could engage them in saying, okay, we have this piece of our Seder and we have to get all the way to this piece of our Seder, but why can't Hallel be at the beginning? It totally can be. So that, that's what the conversation would then be. And again, you probably don't want to do both saders this way, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you can, but doing one Seder this way is a really fun educational tool. Other questions, thoughts? Yeah, Debbie.
0: So given our COVID situation, um, it is, we're going to do ours on Zoom again, sadly. And so some of these things, I'm not really sure how to incorporate them. They're really great ideas. How do I incorporate them? I mean, I did it last year and I had all these great ideas too, but I want to make it fun and, and meaningful, but and some of these ideas feel like you have to do them in person.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to call upon Dr. Rothblum to answer this question, given that she's running an entire school, um, (laughs) either on Zoom or in person, and so she probably has great ideas for that.
4: I mean, I think, I think, I think you're right that there are some things that can be done on Zoom and not. And I think, like to the point that Tracy made earlier, like you don't need to do all of them. So, you know, just to give an example, I think headbands would be very tricky to do on zoom because you'd have to get people the materials ahead of time, but we did play Juperty on zoom. So, you know, you, you're not, I would say to pick and choose and find the things that work best. Um, You know, certainly like when Dale, you know, Dale's idea of like singing the order after every single step that could be done. So I would say just pick, you know, pick a few. And then I guess if there are some favorites you can't do, just put them away for God willing next year.
1: I I would also add, oh, my parents wanted to say something. Uh, well, I was
2: going to say this about singing. In general, I would um, maybe set a, set out this rule right off the bat, which is that when you sing with along with a leader or whomever is leading that particular prayer or song, everyone should be muted except for the person leading. But everybody else in their place, where they are behind their screen, in front of their screen, can be singing along, and they are singing with the leader. They hear you and themselves. Um, It's only me that doesn't hear everybody else singing along with me. Everybody else in their home hears themselves and the people around them, whether that's two or three or five in their household on screen with you, they are singing along. And just make sure that everybody stays muted when one person is leading a sing-along or a prayer that they're saying with you, because that will allow the audio to work. It's just a thing to let everybody know.
3: Debbie, I'm totally happy to help you try and come up with things that you can do on Zoom. Um, Rabbi Schatz can give you my email, and I'm happy to talk back and forth with you. I'm sure you have some great ideas. The fact that you're just even talking about it you know, gets me excited about having a conversation. We could come up with things together. Um, there's all kinds of ideas that are being shared in the chat, you know, you can send things to your participants, you can send them uh, boxes of goodies, or you could just send them emails with ideas, you could have your participants take parts of the Seder. Um, anyhow, I'm very, very happy to, to be involved with you or anybody that wants to talk about how to do it on Zoom. Um, because many of us are going to do that, uh, you
0: know. Well, and I—I I mean, I did do it on Zoom last year, and I, I do have a lot of ideas. But one of the things that I did that was really fun that you guys might want to do is there's this song "Standing at the Sea" Micha and it has lots of verses, and everyone can sing a verse, and and it's really kind of fun and it's beautiful. So I would do that.
1: I I. I just want to piggyback on what my mom said a moment ago about telling other people to do things. I think one thing that I've learned just from teaching over Zoom is that if the participants in the class, or in this case, the Seder, feel like they can share something in their location. So like for my students, often often that's sharing their screen or sharing a video. And and that those might not be things that you're comfortable with at your Seder, But having different people around your Seder table on Zoom take on certain aspects, whether that's leading a part or showing a thing or leading a discussion or um, setting up their table the way that Dr. Rothblum did because they have kids in their house and so that makes sense for their home. Everyone, even if you're on Zoom together, you're in a way each leading your own Seder in your own homes because it's just you and your home. So making the space something that even though you're collaborating with other people on a screen, you're able to then say, this is your space to create and then share that with us in a meaningful and productive way for the Seder
4: there's a question in the chat. So Paula was asking about like ideas for like a two and a half year old. And I'm definitely happy to chime in, but I'm, cause I, I have some thoughts, but I'm curious if there are others on the call who have had, uh, who have great ideas to share for a two and a half year old.
2: Well, I just put it on in the chat but I'll say it to everybody. Um, there's the what we call the frog song, oh, listen, oh, listen, oh, listen, King Pharaoh. And the little ones always get a kick out of it. And At our house, we always have my mom. My mom has little frogs, jumping frogs that we can play with at the same time. And it's a lot of fun. And I think the two and three-year-olds would love it.
1: There's, there's a really great, I'm trying to find it because my mom put it in this. Um, here it is. Uh, in this document that you also have, and I'll share it with you to see. There's this really great song that Alana Jagoda, so those of you who were with us for Cult of Fila last year, you actually met this woman, Alana Jagoda. Um, she has this song called Where... Where's the Off Becoming? Where did you add it? I'm did... <laughs> That was great timing, but not what I meant to do. Um, called Where's the Off Becoming? And it's just really, really fun. And if you're comfortable sharing the technology on the Zoom screen um, on Hog, go for it and share the video because it has kids jumping around and having a good time. If not, just sing it and it's. I'll play it for you. It. I'll play a few seconds of it for you. It's very, very cute. Um, and a fun part of the Seder that no one really talks about because the kids are usually asleep. So... I'm gonna find it Yeah, yeah, where's the outfit So you can listen to it on your own time, but you can see that it's very fun and the kids will just jump around and have a good time. Um, and the two and a half year old can do the hand movements even if they don't get all the words. So anyway, that's one.
4: One I, thing. I, oh. oh, that's so funny. I was just going to talk about puppets, but I'm going to let you do that, Tracy. I think the only, just something I will share because it, like I can, I'm coming with the educator lens. There's a lot of conversation right now about how fun we should make the plagues for kids. So I'll just name like, right. If we think about the plagues, they're, they're terrible, awful people died. Like, and I, we tend to make them fun in another picture that like with my table, like last year I had my kids decorate brown paper bags with the plagues and we use them for decoration. So I'm not like, this is not preaching. I'm just offering it to the conversation that you may want to think about with kids, how much you do want to, lighten the plagues, or how much you don't want to do that, um, you know, certainly death of the firstborn is not something we necessarily want to, like, be
3: excited about.
1: <laughs> Just for, for an example.
3: <laughs> uh, I think Dr. Rothboom's point is fantastic, and to, to, to go along with both that and Jay's suggestion, you can take a paper bag and and glue dots right and stickers so it's totally hug appropriate and the kids can actually make a frog that they could then use to sing Uh, The Frog Song, for example, if you were just going to focus on one of the plagues like that. The other thing, Paula, um, that comes to mind and I included in the Google Doc is you take a character like Curious George, who's curious. And that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be curious or Elmo, who asks questions and Elmo or Curious George or some other beloved character you know, beloved by a two-year-old character, (laughs) takes you through the different parts of the Seder. And that allows the child uh, at two to participate in the process, um, you know, with a visual. Uh, And again, there's a document that you can look at that I included in the doc. And you can make it your own, and that allows them to participate that way too, through the whole Seder. So not just specifically through the um, Magid. The the other thing that I would say, for a little bit older than two, so I'm straying from Paula's question now, but just a little bit older, still um, maybe four and up, I would say. You can explore the different parts of the Seder through the five senses. So, Kiddush, when we do Kiddush, what senses are we evoking? And um, I actually create, and you have it on the dock. Um, stickers. They're labels. They're just made out of labels. And what you do is you create the five pictures of the five senses, eyes, ears, nose, mouth. And you just ask the child to stick on the right sticker for that part of the Seder. So uh, again, different age children, adults participating in this also, but it's a different lens to look at each part of the same.
1: There's a really great, um, I would say genre, because there's multiple, um, of Passover Haggadot, that's redundant, I guess, Haggadot that are sticker books. Um, And when I've done... Seder with really young kids, this is a great thing for the young kid, but also if the young kid has a sibling or a parent who would be more excited to fill out a sticker book than they would be to look at the, you know, conservative Judaism's (laughs) version of the Haggadah. Um, And it's a great way for the kid and the parent or the kid and the sibling to follow along with the Seder, but also have things to do during that time. You could also do a bingo board, again, a little bit older than two and two for sure, but something that allows them to feel like they're part of what's going on. It's also good for adults. If you wanna have like fun prizes for adults to do bingo, that's also fun. Um, but there are tons of Passover sticker books. So two, two, two and a half, three, perfect for that Um, and I can send you a few but I also just like looked on Amazon to see if I can send you one and there's a ton so just search Passover sticker Haggadah and you'll see a million I was going to say something else and then it left my brain anyway
2: other how we deal with how I deal with in in music in the preschool which is part of my responsibility um, with Difficult parts of um, Jewish Chagim, Purim has many difficult parts, and as Dr. Rothlum pointed out, um, Pesach does as well, is to to sort of pick and choose. So when we come to the idea of God wanting to punish Pharaoh for being bad, um, the only thing we make a song out of, in our case, happens to be the frogs. And for the other punishments we don't, I just say, and God punished Pharaoh. One of the punishments was frogs. And that's what we do. And if in an older grade, we are reading through a list of the things, um, there's several ways to deal with it. But when we get to the death of the firstborn, the word could be the demise of the firstborn and every the firstborn of every animal and living thing i mean you know it's a it's a big point but it doesn't have to be um discussed in child language it just needs to be included and gotten past. um there's that
1: the thing that i was gonna say and then paula i'll call on you i saw your hand this is again i mean two and a half year olds could participate for sure but not specific to two and a half year olds is, um, and Annabelle made me think of it when she said the pyramid out of Legos, is creating uh, your own haroset. So not having someone make haroset beforehand, but having all the elements of haroset and then putting it together in a little bowl. When we were kids, this is why that comment made me think of this, when we were little kids, we... Before the seder even began, we were allowed to take the haroset that was pre-made, but we were allowed to take the haroset and make it into pyramids that would sit at the table that we would then scoop for the parts of the seder where we ate the haroset. But if you are a household that loves different customs and different traditions, different den- not denominations, different um, sects of of Judaism have different uh, ingredients in their haroset. And so you could do like a Sephardic haroset, you could do Ashkenazi haroset, and you could have all the ingredients out and everybody could just make their own. So it would be kind of a mishmash of Sephardic and Ashkenazi or one or the other. But again, it's this fun educational moment around a thing that we usually just eat and prepare uh, early on that could bring a little bit of um, of a fun taste, no pun intended, to to that moment. Uh, Paula.
0: I'm wondering, I, I don't know how much time I'm gonna have and we uh, we do a, lo- a lot of these things. I really like the comment about sort of normalizing the plagues or making, I don't know, lightening them because it really, it's hard. Yeah. Um, but I, about making, uh, and we use different hagadot. I also worry about keeping the adults engaged too, and so um, I know this is geared towards families, but families have people of all ages and things mm-hmm. like that. But I, I do worry. I, I, do try and keep the adults engaged. But I'm wondering about making our own haggadot. What you think? Or we have a range of haggadot. Last year, because it was over Zoom and we were all in different places, we used one, so everybody was on the same page, and that was like them in a box, them Passover in a box, like sending it to people, and people didn't and. And it made a huge difference, actually. All the ingredients for the seder plate, as well as much as we could, because mm-hmm. people weren't shopping, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, I said it was a Debbie about doing seder and a again over Zoom, and we'll have some of that. We'll have a combination. Yeah. So, what do you think about making your own, or is it? I'm not certain it's worth the effort given everything else.
4: You also, I mean. You could make your own or I could see it going back to Dale's word of hybrid. I mean, one way you could make it to engage the adults, you know, quote unquote, make your own Haggadah, but maybe without the work is to if you still wanted everyone to use the same Haggadah, but ask them to bring something interesting to the Seder from a different Haggadah. So, you know, one of the Seders I've been to, we've each been assigned a part. So I know that I need to come in with something really interesting about orchats or whatever it might be. And so that could be a way to diversify the sources you're using and keep everyone on the literal same page of the Haggadah, given that you're around a different table.
1: Orchats is always the one that the educator gets because there's just nothing to do with it. So it makes sense, Erica, that you've got Orchatz. Um Every year. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could also, there is a website called com where you can make your own Haggadah. It takes a lot of time, um, a lot of time, and it's totally worth it. Um, I'm going to call her out, but I think she'll be okay with it. Esther asked me if I could sit with her and help her make a Haggadah this year. I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to make a whole session around it and help all of you do it. And it's going to take time. So if that's not the way that you that you want to put time into a different Hagada, you could also. I love um, Dr. Rothblum's idea. Our family does that every year um, of giving people different um, assignments. But the other thing you could do is just have like inserts almost. So I know, Polly, you happen to be someone who's very um, conscious of social justice. If there are social justice readings you would want to have, um, yeah, but yeah, that's it, the social justice readings that you would want to have inserted, you could either send them out in your invitation or just screen share them at the time of the Seder so that people could read along with you. Um you could also just decide that, that not everybody's going to be on the same page, and therefore you're going to have the one line that's important from the Hagada up on the screen um, for people to see, even if you're in a big passage of Haggadah reading, there's at least one thing that people can look at um, <clears throat> to be able to share as opposed to the other, um, the other Haggadah they might be reading out of. I don't know if my parents have anything to add to that, but I feel like I just shared what they do with us. So (laughs) I do, by the way, I do love, and this is harder for people who either don't have Haggadot at home or don't have as much knowledge around the Haggadah, which is a very complicated text and book. And so if you don't have knowledge around it, that's not something to be ashamed of. Um, I do love having people have a different Haggadah in front of them. Um, I have a Harry Potter Hagada in my office. I have a feminist Hagada. I have many, many, many different Hagadot. And if you give everybody their own Hagada, you almost don't even have to script what you're going to do during the Seder because someone's going to say, "Oh, that's so interesting." My Hagada says this about carpas. Does yours say that about carp? You know. And so you, the conversation almost flows differently based on um, based on the Hagadot that are in front of them. I wouldn't do that with a with a seder full of children, but for a seder full of adults, I think it's a great a great option. Any last uh, thoughts or questions? Unlike last Tuesday, which was two hours long, we are going to cap this at one hour. Um, but does anybody have any thoughts or um, last minute burning questions? Um, okay.
0: Do you, I, yeah. Can I ask one question? So, for adults, is there a place? I mean, I will Google this, but is there a place where it's like themes? I know there was, I just saw something, theme, themes for a Seder. So that if you make an assignment to people, you say, and our theme this year is, da, 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 you know, whatever it is from, sla- you know, slavery to redemption, but something a little yeah uh, different. Maybe so, off the beaten
1: path. com does have a whole list of Haggadote made by theme. So there's, like, a refugee seder, a feminist seder, an LGBTQ seder. There's there's all kinds of thematic Haggadot. If you're just looking for themes, um, I'm sure you could just Google, like, Passover themes. And I know Highest puts out a Haggadah every year, um, uh I'm trying to think there's one other organization. I don't think it's Hartman, but another organization puts out like a supplement every year. Um, so there will be those kinds of pieces as well that you could find uh, listed. I'm sure. I don't know if my mom, do you know of like a place that has themes? Uh, the
3: document that
4: we
1: yeah. I was gonna
3: say the document has themes.
1: Yeah. yeah. True. Yeah. The document that we put in the chat has themes. Yeah. Thanks to... Tracy Shots archive. <laughs> uh, Diane, did you have an, a, something? Diane Schercher? Oh, no. <laughs> I wasn't
0: raising my hand. You unmuted,
1: you. so I wasn't sure if you wanted to share. Oh,
0: it. I thought we were Andy. No, sorry, sorry.
1: No, it's great to have you. Um, Paula, um, you might
3: want to investigate the Moss Haggadah, David Moss's um, It It it, it, of itself, has so many different ideas introduced into it that there's there's years of um, Passover seders, right?
2: It's not like a simple little book that you buy. I mean, it's an art yeah. piece <laughs> and a serious purchase, even at the kind of the, there's a book format of it that's different than the sort of full-on artistic presentation of it. But it is an incredible thing. And you might find some of it accessible in digital places. Maybe right. yeah. David Moss.
1: Um, okay. If there are no further comments or questions or anything like that, I will, I'll just close by saying, I'll give one idea and then I'll close. Um, one thing, those of you who have kids on here, um, I, knowing who your kids are, I I would also ask your kids what they might be interested in focusing on this year at their Seder. Um, So, you know, if they're young kids, they might just want to sing the songs that Dale has been singing in the school. And if they're older kids, they might be interested in one particular part of the Seder. And one thing that we've learned throughout all of the holidays during COVID is that There are just going to be parts of the holiday that look really different, and your Seder might just be focused on carpas this year, right? And you might do all the other elements, but the people around your table might be most interested in talking about one particular element, and that's awesome, because then you know that they are bought into whatever you're going to be talking about, and uh, whether on Zoom or in person, I think that is that is a great way of approaching any kind of interactive experience is asking them what they might be interested in. And the last thing that I'll say just to close this all is Passover is just such – I mean, you can see the household that I grew up in, so I clearly feel this way because I was brought up this way. But Passover is one of these holidays that – tells you exactly what you need in front of you to do, and then everything else is up to whatever you want to add to it. And it's all about exploration. So anything you do is going to be great, and anything that you try to add or try to make creative is going to just enhance it. It's not going to take away from any element of the Seder. So... I just want to leave you all hopefully like very excited based on this conversation. But if you are overwhelmed or if you are feeling like, how can I be creative if we're just going to be on Zoom again, you really can't go wrong. Anything you add, anything you make innovative is going to be fantastic because you've already been given the foundation and now you just get to build upon it. Um, so just have a great time. I know I gave you my mom's email address. You have my email address. Um, Dr. Rothman's very busy. So just, you can ask for questions, but ask us first. Um, we are happy to help you through this process. And, uh, and I love this. So if this is something that you feel like you need help, I, I would love to be a creative partner with you in creating something. Um, and hope that this is Hope that you dream about this tonight and get, get going on some creative ideas in the next few weeks. And thank you to my parents and Dr. Rothblum for being and here.
4: thank you, Rabbi Schatz, for bringing us together.
2: Thank you for including yeah. us, Rabbi Schatz. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're welcome, Maura Dale. All right, everyone. Have a lovely have a evening. Night. And, and Hug have- Sameach. Chag, Sameach. Chag Sameach.